What's up, guys? Welcome back to the 33 Ring Podcast, now known as the 34. As you know, the Lakers just got their last championship. Um, today, we're back starting the redraftable series. Uh, we've done 2010, and uh, now we're doing 2011. If you look at the guy with his hand on his face, he's a Mavericks fan. That's Isaac Harris. He writes for Mavs.com sometimes, and he's a contributor onto the uh, Locked on Mavs podcast as well. Um, Isaac, thanks for joining us, buddy. I, I just love the the title change caught me off guard because, yeah, I mean, really, if you're going to change the title, it should go down instead of going up because <laughs> we can't count the Minneapolis title. So, yes, anyway, saying I just, that. I just want to throw that out there. If you're going to change the name of the pod, now's the time. You know? how, how many would you lose, Justice? Don't talk to me about it. Will we go down four since you just this. got one, right? It's five in Minneapolis. We're not doing this. <laughs> I'm so glad it's just a redraftable episode. So we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> so um, if you didn't catch the first redraftable episode, basically um, we're just redrafting the lottery for the 2011 draft. Um, really based on their careers and their production and also sort of your player preference. Um, Isaac, as our guest, will have the first pick and uh, then it'll be myself and then Noah. So Isaac, you can go ahead and kick us off, buddy. The first pick of the 2011 draft. All right, so for me, I like to do tiers, um, rankings. Yeah, with any type of rankings or redrafts or anything, I like to – I try to do tiers on everything. So for me, when I look back at this draft, one, 2011 is uh, the year the Mavericks won the title, so <laughs> that year will always <laughs> hold something special to my heart. But uh, for this draft purpose, there's four guys at the top for me in tier one. And uh, at the top of tier one – it's no no doubt for me. Kawhi Leonard is number one for me. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that was the easy pick for number one. Yeah, I mean, I can't. You can't argue with that. But I think I think there's going to be some controversy here at number two. Um, for me, I, like, like you said, there's like a top tier, and I think that this guy may not be on your <laughs> list as a top tier, but he's definitely in mine. Yeah. And uh, number two, I'm gonna go with Tobias Harris. So. Uh, I think Tobias is a big forward and really fits well in today's NBA. So, yeah. Or were you basing that off of just like length, length of career? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just see that, you know, I think he was at his best in the LA when they used him as a pick and roll ball handler a lot and really let him uh, kind of create for that offense a little bit. And uh, I wish Philly was a better fit, but I think that at the end of the day, he'll have a better career than Clay Thompson. So, you know. What type of better career do you mean? Gonna, uh, yeah, I we you have to explain that take right there. I have to exp- I mean, I just did. You think you think Clay's is going to have a better overall career than Clay? Absolutely. Like numbers-wise, I guess you could say. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's not always going to be the third, fourth option on a team. Clay's on that so. super team, right? So that's kind of like That's what I'm saying. So it's just yeah. He loses a little validity to <clears> him. <throat> yeah, I I thought you were for sure going to say um who my third pick is, or actually, okay. I guess who I have at number two. Uh, I think the only other guy on this uh, on this list that has played an MVP level for a season is Isaiah Thomas, um, and so I'd have to go there. I mean, I know there's defensive issues, but I mean, you really can't beat how he was playing in 2017. I don't think any guy yeah. other than Kawhi Leonard really was playing that way their whole career. This is a sneaky one on this because – he was the you know last pick in this draft and pick 60 and he goes to Sacramento and he's had this kind of bounce around career and that Boston 
Yeah, I mean, Noah, you're a Boston Celtics fan, so he holds a, a special place in your heart for sure. But I, I, mean, like, I, I, I think you. that's an objective take. It's not. It doesn't really have anything to do with my Celtics, you know. I was like, I love that you just try to justify his answer, but you just came right at me on mine. Um, again, welcome to the 34 Ring Podcast. Our first two picks were complete jokes. Oh, yeah, so we're I appreciate just you stay, sticking in with it. <laughs> um, so, I, so I'm going to jump back in at number two. I'm just sitting here taking <laughs> notes. I'm like, all right. I'm just trying to be nice about both of this. And <laughs> I was about to like, I was going to take this note. I'm like, I, dude, I got to tell Nick, my co-host of this other this podcast I do, I'm like, <laughs> you're never going to guess this, that they took Tobias and Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> I'm sitting there looking at my list. I'm like, dude, I don't want to like, that's good. That's good. Dude, <laughs> Justice, we were talking about it earlier today, and he was like, maybe I'll go Tristan Thompson number two. And I was like, dude, there's just no way to get him to believe that you're being serious with Tristan Thomas at number, uh, Tristan Thompson, excuse me, at number two. <laughs> I could have said Tristan Thomas. Just as badly. <laughs> Yeah, dude, 54th pick, Tristan Thomas. I have a a really deep conversation after this podcast on the true value of Tobias Harris across the league. (laughs) (laughs) How undervalued he is. Oh, all right. So at number two, we're going to jump back in. Um, I think that a part of number two kind of played into Reed's two bias. You probably know which way I'm going. Um, But I think I'm going to go Jimmy Butler. Um, You know, Plays both sides of the ball really well. I don't think Clay or Kyrie could lead that Heat team to a finals um, even appearance. And, I mean, they beat the MVP. And I, even just speaking on Jimmy's career, of course, he's had some rough patches. But you could see his absence and feel his absence in Philadelphia because he was definitely the closer for them. And I think when they let him walk, that was probably the worst mistake they made. So I'm going to go Jimmy Butler at number two. Yeah, that's fair. I think it's a little bit of recency bias, personally. Uh, mm-hmm. Jimmy was a little bit lower for me. Um, I I do agree that I guess he's he's playing this past year um, probably the best of his career too, which is good for his you know trajectory of his career. Um, for me, number two, which I guess is now number three um, in this draft, was Clay Thompson. <laughs> I just love his catch and shoot ability and his, his defense. Um, I, I mean, you were talking about it a couple of days ago, and I think that Clay is one of those dudes that can fit in almost anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned that you didn't really like his ability to lead a team, but I don't think you always have to be drafting for that. Um, and I think his ability to be in some situations like a 1B with that Warriors team um, or just be, you know, the number two guy and you get a solid score, you get a solid defender, a guy that can score the ball at all three levels, really. Um, but especially just being able to shoot the way he can. Um, yeah. And also just his attitude as well. Not worried at all about, um, you know, numbers, it seems. Um, I liked Clay at number two. The uh, the only pushback I would give you is that when you're, when you're drafting, and to me, within the top five, you're looking for somebody who can lead your franchise more often than not. Um, so that's just why I would lean Jimmy. I just think that Jimmy's a better playmaker, um, same level of defender, and – you know, I just – I really prefer Jimmy to Clay. I mean, if you put Jimmy on Golden State, obviously they're not as good of a basketball team, right, because mm-hmm. that's what Clay does. So, Isaac, who do you have for your second pick, Isaac? If, if Well, no, that's the, that's the thing about Clay is it's something we'll, like, we'll really never really know about mm-hmm. Clay is can he lead his own team. And when you look back in revisionist history here, look back at the Kevin Love situation in Minnesota, 
and how close that that deal on the table between Minnesota and Golden State of this love for Clay Thompson deal that it's a what if now you know what if Golden State actually did pull through that deal and you know a lot of people speculating how close that was but we would have seen Clay with his own team and what would have happened to the Warriors moving forward and all that different stuff but yeah I, somebody asked me the other day what would Reggie Miller be in today's game and I really thought about it way longer than what I should have. <laughs> and I was trying to like really debate like who he would be. And I kind of landed on like Clay Thompson with his own team that he would kind of be that in his own thing. Like, could Clay be what Reggie was for Reggie? I think with how, you know, the rules kind of favor offense more than the defense today is the best way to word, it, I guess, without going mm-hmm. down the whole um, trail there. I think Reggie could be better today than even what he was back then for Indy. So, I think that would be the blueprint for Clay on his own team. But, yeah, I mean, in, when you're looking at this draft, for me, the top tier uh, was four guys. And, it, you know, Kawhi, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler and Clay. I kind of had them just back and forth. I could see either way on them. And then, yeah, the fourth guy uh, was Kyrie in that top four. But, I, personally, I would have went Clay over Jimmy just because I like Clay's um, – I like everything Clay's done at the highest level. Um, yeah. I re- I'm re- I will say this. I'm super happy for what happened to Jimmy this year because I hate that he got such a bad rap for playing with the young guys in Minnesota and he was just all about winning and everything. And it's just like it pissed him off. And and then, yeah. And you look back at all the trade packages. That's something fun to go back and look at the trade packages Chicago got, Minnesota got, Phil, you know, for yeah. Jimmy Butler in these trades. And now you look at it and we're like, yeah, they probably all should have just kept him. But absolutely anyway so so you said your fourth guy was Kyrie and you this is your pick so I assume you're going with Kyrie oh yeah for sure wait 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 yeah. you're, we're not doing snake we're going we're going back to no, me no 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 just yeah back to you yeah yeah give me Kyrie Kyrie or Tobias Harris hmm <laughs> I'll take Kyrie <laughs> uh, was there any was there any push for Kimbo over Kyrie for you at all um no, no, not really. <laughs> I just, yeah, yeah, no. It when you win and you perform and you do what Kyrie has done at the highest level when the lights are the brightest, that means mm-hmm. a lot to me. And him hitting that shot, how he, you know, like, yeah. So, question: yeah, If we if we had done this in 2016 after the finals, would would Kyrie be number two? Yeah over jimmy for me i i might have still take clay mm-hmm. yeah clay's defense i think clay's such an underrated def- defender that he doesn't get the credit he deserves on it clay makes up for a lot of steph's lack of ability to guard on ball i think steph's a really good team defender and also that gets lost in and in i love how you say me. like clay fits in anywhere a lot of times you know right now the mavericks are looking for the third piece it's very well known that we're looking for that to go with you know, KP and Luca and Andrew Wiggins. You know, people. <laughs> Andrew <laughs> Wiggins is not that guy, uh, but but people will you know will ask him like, hey, who's the ideal person if you could trade for anybody in the league? And honestly, I would take Clay Thompson over Giannis if we had the like the chance because Clay Thompson is the perfect fit. Like him next to Luca is exactly what everything he does for Steph, he would do for Luca. So. Uh, yeah, I would love Clay Thompson, Brad Beal, somebody like that yeah. in, in Dallas. But. When you say Clay is a perfect fit, 
like for that team, I mean, there's Clay's really a perfect fit everywhere. Yeah, because like what he brings to the table is so perfect for he, any type of team basketball. So. He like perfectly encapsulate encapsulates what the modern NBA is and where it's going to. Words. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> All right, so I'm up at and, five. And it, and it, oh, go ahead. Well, I was gonna. It was kind of a deep dive into this upcoming draft. I don't know if y'all know much about this upcoming draft, but. This guy from Vandy, Aaron Neesmith, you know, he's just mm-hmm. like he comes off these screens and he shot over fifty percent in three in college and all this stuff. And you see what like Tyler Hero's doing, you know, or did this past year in Miami. Shooting is more valuable now than ever before. And you know, some people are projecting Neesmith as this like first round guy. I think he's gonna go in the lottery and everybody's gonna be like, Wow, what you know, this is crazy, it's the reach. But it's because people are just looking for that. Everybody needs a six six to six nine knockdown shooter who can play defense and sure. plays the perfect example of that. So anyway. I actually haven't heard that name yet and I would like consider myself pretty like up to date with what's going on in this year's draft. So now I feel like a little bit embarrassed, but it's okay. <laughs> he can shoot the lights out. He's great. Uh, but does he shoot like LaMelo? Well, <laughs> I don't know who <laughs> that's a high bar to reach right now. So uh, I don't know if he's that good. Uh, w- Wiseman though. Isaac for months all he does anytime I talk about the draft he just texts me and says Wiseman though and that's all he has to say he has no input nothing to say at all he's just a big Wiseman guy but um moving on but we just never we just never know yeah I agree with that moving on to uh my pick at number five and I think it's a fairly easy choice in Kimba. Um, I think if we were going by the tiers Isaac put, I think Kimba is kind of in that <laughs> second tier by himself before you break off into the Tobiases, Vukovic's, and the then the Isaiah Thomases of the world. Uh, I think, I mean, just if you just look at career production, I mean, obviously when you look at winning, but I mean, Kimba did make the playoffs in Charlotte. Um, I, obviously, he got beat by old man D. Wade, and that's okay. <laughs> That'll happen to the best of us. <laughs> Isaac loves Dwayne Wade. We're best friends. But <laughs> everybody likes Dwayne Wade, dude. Oh man. But um, yeah, I, I just think that it, I, I really do think Kimba's a a tier above the Tobiases and the Vukovic, Thomas, Valanciunas guys. And uh, so yeah, that's just where he falls for me. I heard Isaac had a little pushback. I I do a little bit just because I would take Kimba. But I think somebody else in that tier with him in Vucevic in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, he, he has made an all-star game. You know, like, he's been an all-star before. He had a big-time year last year in Orlando. I mean, he's he's averaging 16 and 10 for his career. Um, you know, the past two seasons, he's averaged twenty over 20 a game or right at 20 a game. He's averaged at least 14 points for the past, I mean, basically his whole career since his rookie year. Um I would put Vucevic up there. He just doesn't – he plays in Orlando and to the East and all that stuff. I get it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I would put Vooch in that, that Kimba tier. Yeah, I agree. I also think that um, uh, the only pushback I'd have on Kimba as well is just his ability to defend. And I also – I mean, he was coming off of a, a lower leg injury. Or not lower leg. I think it was his knee, wasn't it, um, throughout this year. And he really didn't come up huge in many playoff games, and it looked like mm-hmm. they were really picking on on him, even on the defensive side and on offensive on the offensive side as well. Um, but I, I still had Kimba except at five. for Philly, who just let him shoot. Yeah, just let him do whatever he wanted. Yeah, uh, I think I think for me, I went Kimba. Even when you just look at this, 
I mean, class in total. I mean, Kimba was averaging, he's 19.9, 3.8, and 5.4. Leads the draft in total points and assists. So, for me, that just kind of puts him a tier above those next guys, you know, because he can't reach into the Kawhi, Jimmy, Clay, Kyrie conversation. So I'm just – I'm nervous about him being schemed out in the playoffs when it matters most. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess that's something and, we'll and continue the, to see. The need – that's a serious thing. I mean, I, I know – I mean, you're looking at the first year. I know for us Mavs fans, you know, we – like Kemba was really linked to Dallas really hard. Mm-hmm. And – uh, there is a very, very high chance that if Boston doesn't pull off that Al Horford thing and swoop in for Kemba, that he's wearing a Mavericks jersey this year. And, yeah, I think looking back on it, I'm happy it didn't happen. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Mainly just because it, the the injury stuff worries me some. It's the first year of a max year deal he signed in Boston. So he's got three more years over $30 million a year. I mean, that's it's going to be a – a fun contract for them to pay over the next three years. I know it's a lot more fun than what they were going to have to pay Al Horford for four <laughs> years. So I'll take my chances. That's very true. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I'm pretty nervous about it as well. Um, especially just because he is a smaller point guard and the way that he plays the game, how shifty he is. Any sort of uh, force on that knee um, over a period of time makes me a little worried. He'll be a Nick in two years. So. Oh, well. (laughs) (laughs) All right. No, I think, yeah, you're next, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like I said, I had Kimball Walker also at five, so not too much pushback there. Um, At number six, uh, I went uh, Vucevic. Um, Pretty much, I I think uh, Isaac went into all of kind of my reasoning. Um, I don't have the stats directly in front of me, but earlier when I was looking, I know his stats are just a little bit better than Tobias. I feel like Tobias has kind of popped onto the scene in the last three years. I mean, he's always been around and always been playing well. But as far as being in this top list, um, I feel like he's relatively new to it. Um, and I don't love his role in Philly either. Um, I thought Vuke played great um, in the playoffs this year in the bubble. Um, I think he kind of like – I can't remember if it was – was it game three? There was one game where he was really just kind of putting the putting the entire Magic team on his back. Um, mm-hmm. I think he's one of, I don't know, three or four centers in the league who can do what he does as far as scoring at different levels, the way he can pass. Uh, he's not the most you know, athletic guy or whatever. I don't know his defensive stats at all. Um, yeah. But I just, I like him at number six. Um, so I, I, I did go Tobias here. Um, I think, I think Vuke is, I mean, you can flip flop those to me. Um, and I think I, I went back and forth on it myself. Um, I just think that, and you mentioned you don't like Tobias's fit in Philly, and neither do I. Um, I think it's a terrible fit for him. But if you go back and watch those Clipper games, I, when I said earlier that he was like a really good out of the pick and roll for them, handling the ball, he really was. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of good ways you can use Tobias, especially in today's NBA. And I think that if we went back to 2011 and saw where the league was going, I think I would have taken Tobias at that point. So I had Tobias at, at six. Yeah, I'll say that I had Tobias at seven. So yeah. I, I was also flipping on it, but I, just, I like Vuke a little bit more. Um, yeah, I, honestly, I'm gonna let Justice have Tobias. I'm gonna take somebody over Tobias. So, um, I think Justin is it your pick after mine? Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I would take Vuce over over Tobias for sure. And I think it, when you look at the rest of the people on the list that have made an All Star appearance. I know Tobias. I don't think Tobias has. 
Isaiah no, Thomas is he the only is he the only other one? I guess so. That's made an All Star appearance on mm-hmm. uh, from this draft class, but uh, Vooch making it last year for sure. Yeah, I just I love Vooch. He can shoot the three two, and if he's any anywhere else besides Orlando. Uh, I think he would be considered one of the best big. I mean, I think league people view him as a, a really good. I mean, he didn't get that contract for nothing in Orlando. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, I'll, I'm I'm actually going to take Boyan Bogdanovich uh, over Tobias. And here's my thing with Tobias: we just got him talking about wings like Clay and how everybody in the league values these guys like Clay and these big wings who can shoot the basketball. The thing that always got me it's about Tobias is. If he can score like this, and I think the thought of Tobias is better than the actual player of Tobias. Because you look at how many times the dude's been traded. The dude will, like, play it in Orlando, and then he goes to, like, you start off Milwaukee, and then he goes to Orlando. And then after that, what, did he go to the Clippers after that? Because, he went no, no, he went to Detroit. Then he went to the Clippers. <laughs> then he went to Philly. And it's like he keeps on getting traded. So I'm like, all right, well, if the, if he, the idea of Tobias to people trade for, and then once they get him there, it's like, all right, cool. Now we can package him in these deals. So I honestly, I think he's one of the worst contracts in the league because, I mean, you look at his, his contract moving forward, dude's making like $37 million in like four years from now. So, I mean, I think John Wall holds that title right now for the worst contract in the league, but – Nobody's taking that from from Wall at the moment until he plays, but Tobias is definitely up there. But for me, Boyan, um, I know Tobias has the longevity over him as far as like numbers. Boyan started off playing in Turkey and stuff in his early twenties, but um, just the past couple of years, I loved him in Indiana and uh, just his fit in Utah. I think Utah missed him desperately in the playoffs. He he gave Utah this stretch for uh presence along you know alongside gobert when you have a guy like gobert who can't shoot the three can't stretch the four you got to have shooters around him so them having them losing bullion during quarantine during the hiatus and not having him for the bubble and the playoffs i thought it was huge for utah so i'll take uh bognatovich yeah i want to go uh tobias at eight and i apologize to isaac for jumping in front of him but i guess he got the guy he wanted anyway <laughs> so uh, so yeah i'm gonna go tobias at eight um I actually, I mean, I had Vuke right after him, and then kind of, who, did you go Boyan? Yeah, he went Boyan. Boyan. Over Valanciunas and Isaiah Thomas is interesting, um, but I, I do see his value. I just, how late he ended up coming over. I mean, he got drafted by Miami, right? And then, so I don't know. I just think for a whole career, I would have taken the other two, but I love Boyan, and I love his game, and I do think he was really missed in the playoffs. But um, Tobias, I've, I've spoken about him enough so far. Um and I think that you did make a good point that the idea of Tobias being a big wing who can shoot and still handle the ball, and I think you assume that he can defend at a high level because of his size and his agility, but I wouldn't say Tobias is the best defender in the world. So um, I'm I'm very happy that let him fall, but yeah. So I'm cool with Tobias right there. About Tobias, his career average of assists per game is two. Yes. So that's the – it's like he's kind of viewed as like, hey, give the give the guy the ball and go get us a bucket when really mm-hmm. he's more of a three knee guy, but he's kind of like advertises more than that and he's not really that. But I don't want this to be like an anti Tobias pod <laughs> here, but I think uh, I think a lot of that comes from just that like what however long he was uh, with the Clippers and he had all those pick and roll responsibilities. 
Yeah. And and this goes with every player in the league whenever they get paid too. Like that expectations change. And when you get paid a certain amount of money, then it's like, all right, well now you got to step up your game. You got you want to expect so much more of them. Yeah. And for Tobias, now he's gonna he's gonna get hate. He's getting hate right now. He's gonna get hate moving forward as one of the worst contracts because he's making over thirty million dollars and he's not a thirty million dollar player. But get the money, bro. I would. I, think I have I have said before that Tobias is one of the worst contracts in the league right now, if not the worst. So I do agree with that part of it. He's definitely not a thirty million dollar player. So mm-hmm. he was gonna demand it though. Somebody was gonna give it to him. Oh, for sure. I think uh, Simmons and uh, Embiid also give him trouble kind of playing the way he wants to the same mm-hmm. way that Simmons has trouble getting into the lane, you know, just kind of shrinks the court on him a little bit. Yeah. Um, so I guess it's me at number nine. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I wrote this down earlier just quickly, and now I'm kind of having trouble wanting to uh, defend it, but I'm going to go Isaiah Thomas at nine. Um, I think he had a good three or four years. I, I had a lot of trouble whenever I was thinking about this list and what direction I wanted to go balancing things like uh, peak performance who had their best year because you never know if you know if somebody ends up on one team if if you get Isaiah Thomas playing like he did in 2017 on you know a number of almost championship teams because that that Celtics Mm -hmm. team was never going to win a championship I'm glad that they moved on from Isaiah Thomas Um, I have I had a lot a really hard time um, trying to figure out what I valued as far as longevity um, and like I said peak performance but I think that Isaiah Thomas had enough of a few peak years that I can justify him going at nine. Uh, like I said earlier, where we were joking, I took him at three. Uh, he did have an MVP caliber year. Um, I think he fit in perfect with Brad Stevens' offense. Um, made huge shots, played really big on the uh, in the playoffs. Um, I have a lot, like a really hard time dealing with the amount of trouble he's going to provide to any team on defense. Um, <clears throat> but looking at the remainder of the guys, I like him at nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I had IT at eight on mine. So you get, you get no pushback from me there. I would agree on that, especially because when you look at the peak, I mean, you could make a case that 2016-17 season for Isaiah – that I mean, he that was an MVP type season. I mean, this dude was mm-hmm. getting thrown around MVP conversations that year. Averaged what twenty eight, twenty nine a game. Yeah, I think uh, it's twenty nine that year in Boston. Yeah, I mean that that's just an insane. So if we're talking like peak performance in the peak years that some of these guys have, his his year right there in sixteen seventeen is one of the best in that. So yeah, I would definitely take him right here. Um. So yeah, Isaac, I think it's you at ten. Right? Nine? Ten? Ten. Yeah, ten. Oh, this is so tough for me. Because <laughs> I'm... I'm <laughs> I want to say... Like, I, I'm, you're going to laugh where I'm leaning, but it's for a span of, like, three or four years. I'm leaning Chandler Perkins, but I'm not... I don't think I, I can take him. Um, <laughs> I thought about doing that, too, but I, I was the same way. The past three or four years, I've kind of hated for him because it's just changed. Once again, once you get paid and then you kind of flame out, then you're just like a laughing stock. But dude, when he was, you know, that when he played in his little brief stint here in Dallas, um, you know, before that in Houston, he was like, he was, he was a decent player. So, um, 
Yeah, but it, the span of it wasn't too long. So, oh man, this is this is tough. But give me Chandler Parsons. I'll just go ahead and take him. Yeah, when the other day when we were talking about this, Justice, when we knew we were going to do the 2011 redraft, we had mentioned Chandler Parsons because I I was like, man, when he was good, like he was good. Yeah, but we're, but we're drafting guys for their career. It's just like Chandler. Like, well, I mean, is Isaiah Thomas really in the league anymore? I'm, Do you think he's going to play a role was, going forward? His peak was his peak was much better than Chandler's. Probably shorter too, though. I would argue that. I mean, it was effective the second he got to Phoenix. He was just in a crowded backcourt no, with Bledsoe well, and Brandon. Well, I would take it. I would clearly take it over Parsons. Yeah, in the I, draft, but he's yeah. off the he's off the board. So for yeah. me. It's it's Chandler after that, and then then it's just about like how do you want to judge players? Do you want to judge yeah. them by their peak, or do you want to judge like Marcus Morris could probably be in the league for another five years, but mm-hmm. peak Chandler, <laughs> if there is a thing, peak Chandler Parsons for four seasons. But 2012 to 2016, you know Chandler Parsons, those last two years in Houston, two years in Dallas. I mean, I would probably take those over. I don't know. And it's just all about like team building too. If I was the Mavericks right now, um, you know, trying to surround guys around Luca and KP two stars, I would take a Marcus Morris type mm-hmm. over like, we don't need Chandler Parsons. So it's just all about like what you value and how you want to do it at this point. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. Chandler didn't make my, didn't make my list, but I respect you. I'm glad you said his name because he did deserve some shine because I do think he was really effective. He really didn't make my list because I, I mean, I can't take three or four years and to these guys who have played nine years at this point at an effective level. So about um, Reggie Jackson, Reggie Jackson did make my list at 14. He's at the very end. Um, Get out of here. He kept me from putting Enos Cantor on here. So, (laughs) so I'm, I'm next. They're on there Uh, either. Who? Cantor? You didn't on your list? No, Enos didn't make my list. Yeah. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait to see your list then. <laughs> okay, cool. We, we, can, we can keep going. Um, So right now I'm up at 11. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm actually surprised that you fell this far. I, I guess I could have expected him to go within the last two picks. But Valanchunas, who was really, really effective at Memphis this year, um, Played a big role in them being in the playoff race nine years into his career. I think he was really good in Toronto. Uh, I think he's for a totality. I think he's had a better career than Chandler Parsons. So (laughs) that's just me. (laughs) What? All right. Going back and looking at it. Yes. As a whole career, Valanchunas has a better overall career. I would personally take four years of a wing in Chandler Parsons that I know that I can fit on majority of teams. So, can I name drop for a second and it not be like, oh, look at you? No, because so, I know this already, so go ahead. So back last year, I sat down with Donnie Nelson, GM of Dallas Mavericks, and we were talking about the center position and how the center position is for today's game. And he was talking about, like, it, unless you have, like, one of those top-tier guys and the best centers in the league, for him, the approach you got to take is the bullpen type of approach, like a baseball pitching rotation for the center spot it's kind of like what the warriors did for a while and like what boston's doing right now and kind of what the lakers did for the most part except they have anthony davis but it's like you you get these centers and it's like you have your role guy you have your big man you have your stretch five you have your small ball and so you have all these guys on these like cheaper contracts but it's kind of matchup based on who you go against 
And for me, like Valanciunas is one of those guys where Valanciunas can't, he's not going to play in like every playoff series. Some like he goes against Houston. They're just going to play him off the floor. So, but he's like the best version of the big man. Like he's the best version of that middle reliever or that certain type of pitcher in your bullpen that you want of. And yeah, going back and look at it, I'm li- I don't look at Valanciunas's basketball reference page every day, but going back and uh, looking at it right now, he did have a little bit longer stint in Toronto than I imagined. I mean, that was a good six, seven years in Toronto. Going back and looking at it, uh, I think I would take uh, Valanciunas over over Parsons. I made a mistake. I admit it. I was wrong. He had a better overall career than Parsons. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Memphis likes him. Memphis likes him with that young, young core too. I mean, I think yeah. it's one of those situations too, where I think Memphis's best lineup is probably him off the floor because they probably won't play uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. at the five. But still, he played a very important part for that young, that young team. Sidebar, real quick. I saw a Bradley Bill to Memphis trade the other day. It was like Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks, and two picks. That's that's not enough for Brad Bill. No, not at all. And Brandon Clark's Brandon an old Clark. rookie. I love Brandon Brandon Clark, mm-hmm. but uh, that's not enough for Brad Beal, though. No. Uh, okay. Uh, Noah, it's on you, buddy. All right, so I guess this is my last pick. I have two options. I have one that was above uh, at number 10, I believe. Mm-hmm. But now I'm kind of wanting to flip it. Um, I, think that, I think the safer pick is Tristan Thompson. We know what he is. I think on a really good team, he's he's great. He fulfills his role. He's what you draft him for. Um, but I kind of like uh, uh, Nikola Mirotic as well. I know he's not in the yeah. league anymore, but I really like his ability to to shoot the ball in today's NBA, stretch mm-hmm. the floor, be still a big man. How tall is he? Like six nine, six ten? Is he ten? He's, he's up there. Range. Yeah, so real tall guy. Um, and so I think if if I was drafting for value that I think could be added, especially because I just believe so much in having dominant wings as well. Um, mm-hmm. If you can call Miritich a complete wing, I don't know. He's maybe more of a four. Um, a four for sure. Yeah. But uh, I think if I was drafting for overall value and for the uh, the ceiling, I would probably go Miritich at 12. Which is Miritich could easily, easily still be in the league today. Mm-hmm. he just chose to go go back home and he just chose to go back overseas i mean he's just 27 so yeah i mean his last year in the league was in milwaukee uh you know he only averaged 11 a game but 16 points a game you know two years ago but career 35 percent three-point shooter you can't can't leave him open teams would still die to sign him today if he was willing yeah um so miritage i i, I really chewed long and hard on miritage just because just the stint was so short and and now that I have hindsight of knowing that his stint is so short, then I couldn't take him. Now, if it had at, in 2011, if I saw him out there, especially knowing where the league went, uh, Miritich would have been probably two or three spots higher for me at that point. How short uh, was his stint? Because I remember him being really good on those Bulls teams. Uh, I can find out. I might have my dates wrong. I might have the years mixed up. But Seven I thought, years yeah. max? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I meant to type uh, Miritage. Oh, it still pulled up. I put Etotic, but it worked out. Hey, close enough. <laughs> His first year was 15, and he was out by 19. Mm. So, yeah, four years short. Yeah. So, 
that's just me. Um, but I mean, I, I like the pick, and I and I would love Miritich to be on the Lakers, so I can't, I can't be mad about it. I think he's another so. one of those guys too that you can draft almost anywhere. He's going to fit in on yeah. a lot of teams. Hmm. Isaac, it's on you, buddy. I guess I'll just go with the guy I was talking about a while ago. I'll take Marcus Morris, even though it's very frustrating. <laughs> his antics in the playoffs. In the yeah. Bubble. Um. That's a separate conversation, so I got to remove that from my mind and uh, just take a guy that, honestly, I just don't think we have too many uh, tough guys left in the league today. And, um, yeah, I just like what he brings to the team. I think when you get him uh, away from a situation to where you're asking him to shoot all the time and you can just convince him to be a 3-and-D type of guy, uh, I was really wanting him really wanting him on the Mavericks uh last year and honestly if you know he goes out and signs with the Mavericks this year which man that that would just be a story after the playoffs uh, but he's the type of guy that we need in, in in Dallas we need a wing presence we need a guy that would get in somebody's face when somebody pushes Luca or whatever it is like we need a guy like that so um, for his career you know he's he's just 30 I think he'll be in the league a few few more years after this too but He's bounced around. He's played for so many different teams, but just mm-hmm. over the past, I mean, from 2015 on, uh, Detroit and Boston, he had that one year in New York. He was supposed to go to San Antonio, but end up taking the money in New York and then play with the Clippers. So I think from here on out, he'll be on really good teams. So we'll see him. We'll continue to see him in the playoffs. And I like him more than his brother, Marquise. So uh, I'll take Marcus. Speaking of Marquise, <clears throat> it's the last pick oh, of the draft. And. Ironically enough, they got drafted one pick apart, and uh, I think they're eerily similar in a lot of ways um, in the way they play. So, eerily, you say? Yeah, eerily. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Markeith Morris will be the last pick of the 2011 redraft. Now there are some guys that were on the bubble for me now now because Reggie Jackson fell out, <laughs> but <laughs> Reggie Jackson would have been there. I actually spent. <laughs> probably more time than I should have thinking about Iman Shumpert just because I loved him on 2K so much. <laughs> 2K12, Iman Shumpert was a problem. An absolute <laughs> problem. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I, I definitely looked at Shumpert for a second. Um, Alec Burks has been effective for a long time, but I think that I would take Morris over those guys. Who, was there anybody you all would take over Morris you, at that point? You know that Tristan Thompson hadn't been picked yet, right? I thought you did pick Tristan Thompson. I went Miritich. Oh, never mind. Get Marky uh, Morris out of there. Tristan Thompson. Easy pick. Well, thank you for telling me that. No problem, man. I appreciate it. Always it looking out Tristan for Thompson. Uh, didn't Tristan just spend some time in the Kardashian bubble? And, Did he really? Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. B- he was Booker was there, too. <laughs> we, oh, Booker. He's on the curse now. Uh, Cantor. Uh, just some other names I had in there. Cantor. Uh, Kenneth Fareed. Yeah. Dude. I saw a name in this draft class that I didn't even know was in this draft class until I was looking in the second round. Davis Bertans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What in the world? I didn't even know he was in this draft class. And dude's about to get some change this offseason. So yeah. 40% marksman. I would love him in Dallas. <laughs> so if they can shoot, you just want him in Dallas, huh? That's what you got to do when you have guys like Luca that's going to handle the ball all the time. You got to surround him with shooters. And you know, just him. the Rockets made over, just with a white James Harden. <laughs> and uh, yes, I would I would take my team uh over Houston any day. 
Me too. <laughs> I agree with you completely. And yeah. My situation over Houston any day. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so Isaac, the way we do this, we're gonna we're gonna grade this draft. And um Isaac, what's the best draft of all time? Ninety six? Or Jordan's draft with Hakeem? Yeah, I would say eighty. That just put me on the spot now. Mm-hmm. Best draft of all time. I mean, yeah, it's the Jordan Barkley, Lajuan, all of that draft. Yeah, yeah. That's for me. That's that's my. Yeah, I agree. Um, so if we if we say that's an that's an A plus, we'll say ninety six is an A, and two thousand three was really top heavy. So I would say it's like a B, B minus. Um, so rattle off some stats. There was one career twenty point per game score in this draft class. Seven all seven guys who made the All Star team. 13 All-NBA appearances, uh, 35 players at 15-plus minutes per game for their career, which to me means that you at least played a relevant role on a team. Um, there's six players with championships, uh, and then there's 19 players who average double digits for their career. If you want to dive into it, Jimmy Butler leads in win shares, Kawhi leads in VORP, and Duke and leads in rebounds. And like I said earlier, Kimba leads in points and assists. Um, if I was to analyze it, I would, I don't know, maybe a smooth – C plus, <laughs> C, somewhere in there. But, yeah, Noah, I like the C plus ranking. I mean, this is mm-hmm. kind of like a difficult thing to to put an absolute mark on, because um, there are a lot of guys with titles, um, a lot of guys that have played key roles since they came directly into the league. Um, but I think C plus B minus is a good place for it. Yeah, yeah, and I think it's important too. Like this, you know, their careers are not over, and. Mm-hmm. I think it, once we look how some of these careers finish, you know, out the rest of their uh, their days in the league. But, I mean, even just that top four of Kawhi, Clay, Kyrie, and Jimmy, um, even if you – yeah, if you want to stretch it to a top six and include Kimba and Vucevic in that, you know, how many drafts over the past – like, I, I want to say – I want to give it a B minus. And just because I want to know how many drafts can give you a top six like that. Um I mean, those are six all-stars for the most part. So, I mean, I know it's the East, and, you know, during yeah, the last well. 10 or 15 years, the East has been a cakewalk for anybody, any star player to kind of walk through to the finals and stuff. So, it's I, almost, I get that. You got except, except for the back-to-back MVP, but what do I know? I'm not, I'm not sitting here arguing about Giannis and anything. There's a handful <laughs> of players I would take over Giannis uh, as in a playoff series for sure. But, Ooh. um but anyway, so anyway, looking back on some drafts, it's like how many how many drafts can produce for you that top a top six like that? And I don't know. I'd have to look back on. It. So yeah, I, I'd give it a B minus. Even the role players in this draft, though, like I like Noah touched on, they there's a lot of guys in here who are still relevant and have big roles on good teams. And um, I mean, when you pull away championship players, you know, I don't. I like this draft. I think I think C plus B minus is right in that right in that good range. Kind of like Isaac touched on too earlier. Like there's a lot of guys in this draft that I didn't realize were a part of the 2011 draft. I didn't realize mm-hmm. Boyan was uh, in 2011. I didn't realize uh, Bertans was. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what year did Boyan even like actually come over to play? It had to have been a while. I couldn't tell you that. 
Okay, of course it pulled up the one from the Kings, Bogdan. So <laughs> we're not going to worry about it. Looking at it from this angle, how many future Hall of Famers are in this class? I mean, Kawhi, Clay, Kyrie, probably Kyrie. I would uh, say yes. Yeah. Um, especially because NBA lets a lot of people in. Uh, I mean, Butler. I don't. I don't know what happens with Jimmy. You know, I, I don't. This is where like a title for Jimmy Butler would mm-hmm. definitely help so much his Hall of Fame case. But I mean, there, that's three Hall of Famers that you're getting in Kawhi, Clay, and Kyrie. Going back at draft classes, how many draft classes can give you three Hall of Famers? I don't know. That's like a question I'm honestly asking. And it'd be yeah. curious to look back on draft classes and see. I love Jimmy, but if Dwight Howard was a or still is a bubble Hall of Famer, I can't say Jimmy's just a sure thing. Dwight Howard, Dwight Howard will be a first ballot Hall of Famer. I agree completely, but you'll see a lot of pushback about that out in the world when they talk about it. Oh, yeah, so. for sure. Yeah. But. I don't know. I just don't know if I could give it to Jimmy. I wish I could. Kimba's definitely not a Hall of Famer. If but, Jimmy wins a title, could you give it to him? Yeah. As a as like a relevant piece player. in it. Like I I'm not like Dwight getting this championship didn't push his Hall of Fame resume for me. Like he was already in. Mm-hmm. So it didn't it didn't do anything for me. I just he didn't even really get in the games a lot in the finals. So for for Jimmy, I mean Jimmy's averaged over twenty eight yeah, Jimmy's basically averaged over 18 a game for the past six, seven years. Five-time All-Star. I don't know. He would he would definitely need to win a title to mm-hmm. for sure help his case. Yeah. Well, Isaac, I appreciate you coming on, dude. It's been good. I know I've been trying to get you to do this for like two years, so it's good <laughs> that we that we finally got it set up. And uh, seriously, thank you. I appreciate no. it. Maybe one day we can do it in person sometime. And uh, <laughs> in case, yeah. yeah, just in case my editing is flawless, I'm gonna put this at the beginning too. We've had a lot of technical issues right now. Smart man. Yeah. So just in Smart case man. it's flawless and I piece it together just right, if anything sounds mm. off, that's why. Hats off to you. Beanies off to you. Noah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll tip of the if beanie. Y'all can, uh, if y'all can ever uh, get down to Dallas and. Uh, catch a Mavs game post COVID world to where there's actually fans and arenas. I would love to take you out to a game and sure. see the next, uh, the next sensation in Luka Doncic up close because the dude's amazing to watch play. Oh yeah. Um, if you're listening, be sure to check out locked on Mavs. Um, I listen to every episode just cause I like Isaac so much, but it's, it's a really good podcast as well. So check that out. And, uh, That's a wrap for the first episode of the 34 Rings podcast.